to take your Bibles with me, if you will, and go to Galatians, the second chapter, Galatians, the second chapter, and we're going to read the second verse, I'm sorry, the 20th verse, but as you're turning in your Bibles there so that I don't forget, let me encourage all the parents and the students, the youth age students that are going to go on the kayak camping trip in Broken Bow, we need to meet with you right down here, right after service, okay? Give you all the details and the dates and so forth. And so parents, if your youth want to go to camp, I want you to uh, be sure to meet us after church today to give all the details, okay? But let's go to Galatians, the second chapter, Galatians, the second chapter. And let's open up in a word of prayer before we go to God's word. Now, this is what I believe with all of my heart. If you will hear the word today, not what I'm saying, but you will hear what the Lord is saying to you today, your life will be revolutionized. Your Christian walk will be changed forever. If you will take the principles that I'm, I'm preparing to teach today, if you will take them, not because I said it, because the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to walk in this newness of life. Do you believe it? Let's go to the Lord right now and ask for his help today. Father, we come before your throne asking for your help. Lord, I pray for not just grace, but Lord, great grace today. That Lord, as we understand your word, as we glean from your word today, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will reveal truth to us. Reveal truth to us, Lord God, that our lives may be transformed, that we may walk in the likeness of Christ. And everyone in agreement said amen. 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 I want you to look here in Galatians 2, verse 20 and 21. I have, now put yourself in there, it's just first person, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. I want to talk to you today about the exchanged life. A changed life is an exchanged life. Get that in your spirit today. A changed life is an exchanged life. What are we referring to? It began for, with his life for mine. How many know 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came and lived, and he died upon a cross for every individual in this room, generations past, generations present, generation future. Jesus Christ died. He gave himself for my life. Now, here's the power. Now, I give myself for his life. A changed life is an exchanged life. What does it mean to exchange? 
It means I give something in order to receive something. I give him my life so that I may receive his life. For whosoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, Jesus speaking, for my sake, will find it. As we look at this passage here, and you're not, and you may not be a note taker, we're going to cover a number of scriptures, and so let me encourage you to jot these down. We're going to stick here with Galatians 2.20, but as we continue to go forward, I want you to know that God, God not only dealt with the sins we committed, I committed, you committed. God also dealt with the sin nature that produces that sin. See, if we only think about the, the fact that God has forgiven me of my sins and we don't change the source, then ultimately I'm going to continue in my sinful life. Now, his blood took care of my sins, your sins. And his cross takes care of my nature. So the Lord deals with us. He not only deals with the symptoms. If I go to the doctor and I got a festering rash coming up, I want the Lord, or the Lord, the doctor, I want him to deal with that, with the symptoms, but also I want him to deal with the source of that getting shortness of breath and you're not able to breathe. You go to the doctor, you say, I, I don't want you just to give me oxygen. I want to know why I can't breathe. Is it my lungs? Is it my heart? I want you to deal with the problem. When it comes to sin, folks, Jesus Christ came and he lived and he died and he rose again, took care of my sins at Calvary. He took care of them. He, he covered them with his blood. But now he empowers us continue in that present course God deals with you and I Watchman Nee I, I want you to know I, I'm reading my wife gets these books and she reads them so fast and furiously and it gives me the summary but this is one particular one I would encourage every person in fact I would challenge every person to pick this up Watchman Nee was also a student of Andrew Murray which is one of my great favorite authors the Normal Christian Life is one of the most profound books that I picked up outside the Word of God. The Normal Christian Life through, by Watchman Nee. I would encourage you, get a hold of that. Even if you're not a reader, this is good practice for you. Get a hold of that book. If you don't want to read, then pull it up on YouTube. You can listen to it. There's all kinds of ways to get teaching these days. But let me encourage you, this will revolutionize your life. It'll change who you are, the way you walk, how you talk, and how you behave as the body of Christ. There are some deep, rich truths that we have forsaken for convenience sake that we need to get back to. We need to get back to the root of God's word. The blood deals with the sins committed. The cross deals with the sin nature. The blood can wash away my sins, but not wash away my old man. It needs the cross to crucify me. The blood deals with the sin, but the cross deals with the sinner. Man's way of dealing with sin is to try to suppress sin by seeking to overcome it. 
When we get to the place, how many in, your, in this building alone, in your walk with the Lord, you have had this mindset, if I was stronger, if I had more, if I could, I could do more for God. I could overcome that problem if I was just strong enough. If I just had enough of the tenacious will, I could overcome that area in my life. And so what we try to do is this. We try to build up the old man through the wheel and say, you can will it. If you can will it, you can feel it. If you can will it, you can do it. Where there is a will, there is a way. Or, better statement would be, when I surrender my will, he makes the way. See, we come, we're going to overcome our, 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 our shortness of temper, our attitude, our addictions, our, our, our mode of operation, our need to maybe to talk and to be bitter or given to fear and worry and anxiety and, 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 and judgmental behavior. And I know it's not right, so I'm going to overcome that by, by just being better. I'm just going to be better. Anybody but me? Three honest folks, you get to leave early. <laughs> but how many know that the Lord has another plan in mind? In fact, it's a much better way. See, man's way to suppress sin is to seeking to overcome it through, its own, through his own strength. God's way is to remove the sinner. Some of you are like, what, 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 what are, we, what are we talking about here? See, as long as I try in and of myself to be good enough, to be righteous enough, to will it enough, to be holy enough, what I'm doing is I am nullifying the grace of God. Because if righteousness came by the law, I didn't say it, the Lord said it through Paul here at the letter of Galatians. If righteousness came by the law, then Jesus died in vain. In other words, for absolutely nothing. If you could get to heaven on your own, there was no need for Christ to come and die. There was no need for Jesus Christ to come. If you could work hard enough, be good enough, and, 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 and quote enough scripture, if you could will it to be done then you could have made it on your own and Jesus would not have had to die. But Jesus did die. The other translations say this. In fact, in the root meaning of that word nullify, it also, also means to set aside. It means to discard. It means to thwart, to throw out. But it also means to frustrate. You ever been frustrated? I believe there's some frustration going on in the world today. There's some frustration, and the frustration is this. You're not able to get to where you want to go and do what you want to do. You, you, you got to come up with a whole other set of rules, and I'm not going to get into the, all of that, but it, it is somewhat frustrating. Would you agree? 
You know, we just want to go back to the way things were and we want to be the, the way things uh, were. But, but we understand here that we're living in a different time, in a different season. Uh, and it's not just a, a, a physical season that we're in. It's a spiritual season. Uh, and it's a season where I believe the church is not going to fall back into the shadows. Uh, I don't believe the church is going to fall down uh, in a place where she is not able to accomplish the will of God. But I believe she's going to discover that in my weakness that I am made strong. Uh, and the weaker you attempt to make her the stronger we will be in Christ and the more that the gospel of the kingdom of God will be preached to all the nations but you see here there's a frustration which means literally to stop or to impede or to thwart or to prevent success or fulfilling the being of something See, we can't work hard enough to be good enough. And if you in your Christian walk believe that your will alone is enough to stop the old man, then you're mistaken. Is your will involved? Absolutely. But it's a surrender of my will. It's an exchange of my will for his. Grace not only means the unmerited favor of God, in other words, you can't earn it, but it also means that you have been empowered to accomplish it. What I couldn't do before in and of myself, I now can do along with you through the blood and the grace of Jesus Christ. But see, there's an exchange that has to take place. It's time that you stop trying to build self up. Because what happens when we build self up we find reason to boast. It is for by grace you have been saved, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. I can't boast for a gift that was purchased for me and handed to me. Any gifts or talents that you may have, they came as a result of the good God who gives good gifts and he bestows it upon you. We cannot take credit for our righteousness. The righteousness comes as a result of abiding in the vine, which is Jesus Christ. I am but a branch, and without the vine flowing through this branch, there will be no fruit of any kind of nature that would even resemble Christ. You can't work it up. You can't strum it up. You can't be good enough. You can't dig deep enough. The only only righteousness must come through Jesus Christ. But see, what happens is we in humanity try to fluff up, build up the lower nature of man, say, yes, our sins are forgiven, but I'm going to bypass the cross. I'm going to do it on my own, and I'm not going to do it according to the sacrifice of Christ. Then I find reasons to boast. How do you know when you're boasting? When you're boasting, you're looking down on others as to how they're not measuring up to that righteousness that you're walking in. You don't mean to. Nobody means to be self-righteous. Self-righteousness comes as a result of wrong righteousness. A righteousness of building 
myself up in order that I might be righteous. But see, the only way and path of righteousness is to exchange my life for his life. How many in here would say, I am in Christ? But let me, let me back up. Let me, let me ask it this way. How many in here would say, Christ is in me? Christ is in me. Christ is in me. We used to tell our children or ask our children when they were little, where is Jesus? He's in heaven. Where is Jesus? He's here in my heart. Jesus is in me if I have accepted him as my Lord and Savior. If I've accepted his sacrifice for my sins and I come to that place and I say, Lord, I can't, I can't be good enough to accept. I want to live eternally with you, Lord God. I fall under deep conviction of your spirit. And so, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. It's, it's not my life anymore. It now belongs to you and all my past and all my present and all my future. And, Lord, you can do what you will. You are my Lord. And now, Christ. Christ is in me. Now here is where the church struggles. Is knowing that if Christ is in you, then you are in Christ. And this is where the power of the exchange comes. Let me show you some things and hopefully it will, it will encourage you to be in Christ. And this is where I, I, I encourage you to take a, a, a jot down a few of these scriptures. We're not going to stop at all of them. Acts 17 and 28. Paul speaking at the church there on Mars Hill. The Athenians that were there as he discovered the, the, the sculpture or the idol to the unknown God. He said, for in him, speaking of Christ, we live and we move and we have our being. Are you living and moving and having your being in Christ? Are you living and moving and having your being in the Lord? If you are in Christ and Christ is in you, then you can live a life in him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I don't do the things that I used to do. You don't do the things that you used to do. Why? Because you are in Christ, because Christ is in you, and you are a brand new creature. Amen. You have been born again. You have been changed by the power of the word and the blood and the spirit of God. Ephesians 1 and 7. In him, speaking of Christ, and if in your Bible, some of you don't believe in marking in it, but how in the world are you going to find your place? If it has a little H, scratch it out and put a big H. Because in him... We have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So in him, there is redemption. In him, there is life and freedom. Ephesians 1.11, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. I will say this to you. You have two predestined paths. 
Without Christ, you're predestined to hell. But in Christ, you have been predestined for an inheritance. And you're heading to a city which will be your home, heaven above. You have an inheritance not only then, but you have an inheritance now. Why? Because you are in Christ Jesus. Is anybody hearing me? Are you just absorbing that I freak you out with my introduction this morning? Oh, man, this is going to be so wild. I don't know if I can take it. It's about to get wilder. Hold on. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 and 22. For all the promises of God in him are yes. And in him, amen. To the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us in God, is God. Who also sealed us, given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Mm. In him all the promises. See, in him I'm predestined. In him, it's not that you enter into this world and you say, man, I, I, I'm either going to make it or I'm not. And God already knows. Yes, he has all of that knowledge, but he doesn't. Take away from your free moral agency. And when you enter into this world, you have a choice. And God knows the hour and the day in which you will be called out of this world. But I believe by your choices, you can head on one path. Or by your choices, you can head on another. But as long as I'm trying to do it in and of myself, it's going to be a rough and rocky road. But when I understand that I'm in Christ... Now all of a sudden the promises of God are yes and they are amen. And I'm not building myself up to merit anything of myself. But I am saying to you, the promises of God are for you and for your children and for your children's children. And Paul says in the Philippians 3.9, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Righteousness not by the works of the law. Righteousness that comes as a result of the abiding presence of the Lord in our heart. Righteousness that was paid for 2,000 years ago. Sins covered, and now I'm going to give you the power to overcome those sins. Romans 8 and 1, if you don't have this memorized, I would encourage you. There is yet now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're walking in a constant state of condemnation, I would encourage you to get back in him. And finally, Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in him, Jesus, dwells all of the, of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him. Now the question is... Do you walk in that completeness? Do you walk in that absence of condemnation? Do you walk in that righteousness? 
if you are not, then you are not walking in the revelation and the knowledge that Jesus Christ is in you. We spend a lot of time trying to get into a room that we're already in. I want to get in the church. The church is locked. I want to be in the sanctuary. I want to be in the sanctuary. I need to be in the church. I'm already here. The bewilderment of trying to get into a room that you're already in. It's maddening. If Christ is in you, then you are in Christ. Now, that was introduction. I got all kind of time. No, I'm not going to make that reference. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to hit you with both barrels, but some of you get offended at me pointing an imaginary gun at you. I'm not trying to shoot anybody. Yep, I know that didn't go over like a, like a steel balloon. Okay. To be in Christ. Are you in Christ? You're, you're, you're getting it. Holy Spirit, you, you, Lord, you know how inadequate I am. You know that I cannot penetrate the hearts without the anointing. Lord, anoint me like never before. Anoint me so, so rich and so real, Lord God, that your voice is heard, not just in the ears, but in the heart. That freedom may come to the church again. That relationships may be restored. Lord God, that we may take our position in this land in which we live. Oh, God, make it happen. Paul wrote this to the church of Galatia. If I'm in Christ... He is in me. And first of all, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. I am buried with Christ. I am risen with Christ. And I am sitting at the right hand of the Father in Christ. The exchange life. It's time that you stop dealing with that, those temper tantrums. I know you're 75 years old and you still have temper tantrums. It's time you stop struggling with that addiction. Not just libations, but you're drinking in things when nobody's looking. Why? Because you have not realized that you've made an exchange and you've got to choose that exchange. Stop trying to walk and make that sinner a better sinner. 
time to put him where he belongs, and that is on the cross with Christ because you are crucified with Christ. You know how you can know if a person is born again? They behave like the born-again father or the born-again son because the son lives inside of them and we imitate the father and now we become we are we are fruit-filled because we are abiding in the vine of Jesus Christ see it's time how many have ever been on that condemnation guilt roller coaster it's got some loop-to-loops on it you know what I'm saying I remember when the shockwave came into existence. I was one of the, y'all remember the shockwave? Thing's old. I don't know if I want to get on that anymore. But anyway, do the loop to loop. My cousin and I rode that 27 times in one day. <laughs> We're going to wear this thing. We're going to break this thing in. But how many of you have ever been on that roller coaster of condemnation? That condemnation and pride, condemnation and pride, condemnation and pride. You get on that roller coaster and you're like, man, I'm doing so good. I'm doing better than my neighbor. I'm just, I'm, woo, wait a minute, I failed. <laughs> I'm down to the dumps. I'm lower than a snake's belly. I have to look up to see bottom. Oh, oh, wait, I'm going back up. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing, look how righteous I am. I made it to church every day this week. I've prayed every day. I've done all my devotions. Look how good I am. Oh, wait a minute. My eyes have gone where they shouldn't go. I'm back in the dumps again. You laugh, but you know it's true. <laughs> How do you overcome? Depart the ride. When it stops, by those air brakes, get off the roller coaster. Get into Christ. Stop trying to improve the old man. It means you don't get to boast. Your name is not going to be in lights. You're not going to be elevated at the same rate that you elevate Christ. Okay, I'm going to elevate Jesus here, and I'm going to come up. Jesus here, and I'm going to come up. Jesus here, and I'm going to come up. Look, Jesus, we're together. It's all about me, I mean you. Because <laughs> I can be faithful when everybody's looking, but man, I crumble to nothing when nobody's looking. What's happening? See, the boast has to be over because you receive the gift of life through Jesus Christ. I am crucified with Christ. So whenever the old man tries to get up, I say, yes, the sins have been forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. And now you got to go back to the cross because now I'm exchanging. I'm, I'm, I'm giving my life for his and I won't lose my life, but I will find it as I lose myself in him. I find life. There's an, there is an exchange that may not seem equitable, but it is the, it is the very payment that Christ paid for me so that now I understand I don't have to work my way into the kingdom of God anymore if I will just accept Jesus Christ is being my all in all. He will work in me. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. 
Yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. Now the life that I live will be the faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself who was crucified on a brutal Roman cross 2,000 years ago on Golgotha's hill. He took all of my sins upon himself. He was bludgeoned. He was beaten. Skin ripped from his back. There's no other motivation but love. And he did that because he knew I could never do that. Because I was born into a world of sin and my propensity. You can clean this old man up and he will turn right back around and then back in the slop, eating from the, from the slop of the pigs and wallowing in the mud because that is who he is. And so I don't want to walk trying to clean him up. I'm going to clean you up today, Mike. I'm going to bring you in. We're going to take care of the halitosis. We're going to take care of all the body odor. We're going to make sure you look good. And now all of a sudden, there comes right back again the next day. The only way is to keep him on the cross. And let Jesus live. But how does he do that? Oh, there's a beautiful gift that God has given us. It's called faith. My faith is in the one who loves me. If you stop loving me, I hope and pray you never do. Some of you are still warming up, so I don't even know if I like you yet. <laughs> Just stick around. I'm a, I know I'm an acquired taste, and I will grow on you like fungus. <laughs> I'll keep working hard at it. You're not supposed to be working. You're contradicting your message. Oh, shut up. You can say it the way you want to, and you get up here. That's the fungus part that just happened if you didn't know. But see, if all the world stopped loving you, Jesus will always love you. How do you know that? I know it by faith, and I know it by what he did. And if I discover how much the love of God and how he gave himself, now my faith is in him. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You are crucified. You don't go back to the cross. He's already done that. But when you accept his sacrifice, it's as if you have been crucified with him. Now, I'm going to speed up just a little bit. I'm buried with him. Romans 6 and 4. Romans 6 and 4. Therefore, we were buried with him through the baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Colossians 2, 12 and 15, write this down. Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. 
is taking it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Buried in his baptism. When we have a water baptism, we take people, the reason the absence of the crowd, we hold them under until the bubbles stop. And we know they made it. Some little kids that didn't make it to children's church are thinking, I don't want to do that. Water baptism is a portrait of what Christ did for us. He's buried, baptized and unto death. So it's a portrait of a faith that we, we say to God, I have been buried with you. And thus, my past is buried with you. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, we don't drag our, our, our grave clothes out with us. We don't bring the bondage with us. We don't walk in a state, in a place. We don't, we don't, we don't drag those things with us. We don't bring the IVs out of the hospital when, we're, when we've been cured of the disease. We don't, we don't stay on the respirator once the air fills our lungs and we, we walk in, in, in health again. We don't continue in that state when we're healed. If you're constantly being plagued by your past, then you today are walking in your old man. If you're trying to make up for lost time and the things that you have done and the regrets that you have and the griefs that you carry, then you are walking in the old man. And it's time that you exchange your life for his and his life for yours. And you say, no more. I am putting it in the ground because when Jesus Christ came off that cross, then every sin that I had committed in all that kept me back from what I should be doing was buried with him I've been crucified with Christ I am now buried with Christ because I'm in Christ and Christ is in me and the promises are yay and amen and I live and I move and I have my being in Christ but we also see that if I was buried with Christ that I have also risen with Christ. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Oh, I hope and pray this is piercing your heart today. I'm exchanging. I'm exchanging my sin for his, his blood. He has made reparation for my sin. My sins are cleansed by him. I'm giving it to God. I surrender my sins to you. Now he surrenders his righteousness to me. 
Lord, I surrender my works to you. Oh, that's fantastic because your past is buried within him. And now I'm going to rise up on the inside of you. And now the power that you have to walk, you will do so by faith. And that faith will always be pointed back to the finished work of Christ. That you're not living in the old man. We all struggle. Don't measure yourself to perfection. You understand today every person born into this world have had these same struggles and for you to say that you haven't you are living in a state of delusion this is the power in which we live and we move and the revelation we've got to come to is that Christ died for us and thus we died in Christ and Christ rose again and thus Christ rose we rose with him from the grave this is the one that got me now we are seated with Christ. Wait a minute, preacher. We're in the building. No, you're, you're seated with Christ. I didn't say it. The Lord said it. Ephesians 2, 4, and 10. I am winding down for those of you that can't believe that I'll never quit. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love which he, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by the grace you have been saved. He has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. What did the Lord do after six days of creation? What did he do on the seventh? Was he tired? Did he need the rest? I'm just wore out. Now, I don't personally like people that say, man, God gets wore out with me. He just, I just tire him out. You're not going to tire him out, I assure you. When Jesus was on Calvary, last words that he spoke, it is finished. It's finished. Humanity does not have to do or work one day more to accept entrance into the kingdom of God. It is finished. At the end of the day, when you clock out and you go home, maybe there's some honeydews to do at the house. We won't go that far, okay? But you get home and you're finished, what do you do? You rest. You're done. When Jesus ascended to the Father, where is he right now? Sitting. Sitting at the right hand of the Father. That tells me that all authority rests in him. All the work is complete and rest in him. Now, as a child of God, what I do is I take my worry, my stress, my anxiety, my fears, my, my, my timidity, and I, and I put them in the ground and in the grave, and I take my seat there in Christ because now all authority 
rest in him. All the work has been complete. Whatever's needed for salvation, for deliverance, for the power of the church is not coming, has already come, and it's already been here, and he is here now, and he abides in the hearts of his children, and he is here at this present moment. Every answer to every worry, every ill in the world is right now resident in the heart of the church because Jesus Christ lives in his people. And we are now seated with the Lord. We are resting in him and the work that he has done. I was just seeing if anybody's yawning, bored to tears this morning. What would your life look like if you understood that you don't need to work harder? You just need to sit down in Christ because the work's already done. What would your life be like if you learned to rest more in God? Would fear have any room in your heart, in your home? I would encourage you, church of the living God, church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to spend as much time in prayer and in the word as you do in front of the media. We take a lot of narratives from the media and I understand that the situation we're in may be dire. We may be in a situation where there is a pandemic in our world. And if you listen to long enough, that fear can grip your heart to the point that you're looking all around you and live in a constant state of fear. And I understand that there are those who are in greater jeopardy as far as their age and their health, and we don't take anything from that. But what I don't want as the body of Christ is for us to constantly be in a constant state of panic, being threatened with heaven. It's, it's, I see, I'm not even going to go there. Don't pull it out of me. Don't do it. I don't want my ugly old man to be showing here. Art, you did it. I watch people pull off their face mask to get a drag on a cigarette or a vape pen. That was a big old ouchie, wasn't it? I looked at that and I thought, that's bizarre to me. I said, Lord, what, 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 what is, What? Anybody ever ask, what? I told y'all not to do this. We want to control our destinies, even to the point of death. I will drive my own nails in my own coffin, and I'll do it my way. Folks should be more concerned about their eternity than their physical health. Now, I'm not going to say any more about that. The church of the living God 
should be more concerned about people's eternity than any other thing. Today, folks, we can live a revolutionary life. Those listening at home, those in here right now, you can live a revolutionary life If you will put the old man in faith on the cross, in the grave, let the new man rise up on the inside of you and sit down with Christ in his authority and his completed work. Would you stand today? Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that in this house, Lord God, your spirit is moving. That in this place, Lord God, Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you today, heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in this house and you have been going through this roller coaster boast and condemnation, a boast and condemnation, a boast and condemnation, self-righteous, and you're up and you're down, you're up and you're down. You want to fully understand the message that was preached today. You want to be free from this. You want to make that exchange, saying no longer I, but Christ lives in me. I will live in Christ. Just put your hand up and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. Yes. 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 Now, could every person in this room just lift your hands to God? Just lift your hands to the Lord. Lord, we surrender. Every area of our life, Almighty God, we surrender, Lord. We surrender to the will and the word of God. Lord, we, we want that revelation that only comes by your spirit, O oh God. Lord, we want to know that we know, Lord God, who you are in us and who we are in you. Lord, I ask today, Almighty God, Lord, that you would help us not to frustrate your grace not to try to be good enough to receive what you have already given us. Lord, to open our eyes to the fact that we are already in the room with you, Lord, and you are already in us through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask these things in your name. We ask believing, Lord, today. We ask, Almighty God, Lord, that we may glorify and edify you and you alone. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something today as you put your hands back down and eyes still closed. You say, preacher, I am not where I need to be. I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. All of these things seem a bit foreign to me, but I want Jesus Christ.